Though this could be read standalone, it would have more context and background if read as a follow-up to part 1, the previous episode. Continuing from where we left off, Vishnu Sharma traveled across India from the south towards the north in the earnest hope of finding a worthy spiritual master who would liberate him from this mundane existence. He reached the holy city of Kashi, a pilgrimage that every Hindu is supposed to undertake at least once in its lifetime. The city is considered so pious and auspicious that dying here is considered to get one moksha, liberation. The Holy City of Kashi The young boy was extremely fortunate that the illustrious peerless sage, Adi Shankara, was also in the city giving discourses. Destiny led the boy to one such discourse. The brilliance of the master and the fire of illumination that shone from him mesmerized Vishnu Sharma. He humbly approached Adi Shankara when he was alone. After respectfully offering his humble prostrations, he requested the master to initiate him into sannyas, renunciation or monkhood, and take him as a disciple. Pleased with the earnestness of this aspiring young boy, Adi Shankara accepted his request and initiated him as a renunciate, naming him Sanandana, meaning ever joyful. He was Adi Shankara's first disciple and thenceforth traveled with him until the end of his life. Adi Shankara appreciated Sanandana's keen intellect, sincere application, earnest desire for the truth, and unparalleled devotion to the Master. He took the pains to explain Sadanade's work, Brahmasutra Bhashya, thrice. Consequently, Sanandana was the only one to write a complete commentary on this work at Adi Shankara's request. Unfortunately, the manuscript was burnt in a fire orchestrated by a jealous uncle. Before this happened, Sanandana had read out a portion of the work, five padas or sections, to Adi Shankara. When Adi Shankara learned of the loss, he dictated the entire recited portion from memory, which was then written down and became known as Panchapatika, the Book of Five Padas. This speaks volumes of the intellectual prowess of Adi Shankara, who could recollect word for word from just a single hearing. In due time, Adi Shankara had many disciples, but he still loved Sanandana the most, much to the consternation and jealousy of the others. Adi Shankara knew of this and create a situation to demonstrate the reason for his special love for Sanandana. Once Adi Shankara asked Sanandana to go to the opposite banks of the river Ganga to get Kusha grass to perform certain rituals. Sanandana took a boat, crossed the river, and got busy collecting the right and best Kusha grass for the rituals. Suddenly, he heard Adi Shankara call out his name loudly from the other bank. Looking around, he couldn't see any boat in sight. When he heard his master call his name again, he ran towards his master without a second thought. His mind was so focused on reaching his master as soon as possible that the slight issue of a wide, flowing river between them did not occur to him. In appreciation of his single-pointed devotion, Mother Ganga sprouted lotus flowers under his feet to support his every step. The amazed disciples saw Sanandana effortlessly run across the river over the just-in-time popping lotuses, only to reach the shore and be embraced lovingly by his master. No other disciple had received this affection from the master. To honor his devotion, Adi Shankara named him Padmapada, the one with the lotus feet. Seeing this miracle, the disciples understood the depth of Padmapada's devotion and the jealousy melted away. Once a Kapalika, an occult practitioner, humbly approached Adi Shankara with a peculiar request. He worshipped Lord Bhairava, an intense and aggressive form of Lord Shiva, and was required to sacrifice a noble and pious man to become one with the Lord and gain cities, spiritual powers. Adi Shankara immediately agreed without a moment's hesitation. The body had no meaning for him anyway, and he was happy that it would come of use to someone. He told the Kapalika that this would have to be done quietly while his disciples were away, especially Padmapada, since they would never allow this to happen. 
He instructed the Kapalika to arrange the sacrifice the following evening when the disciples would go to the river bank to take a bath and perform sandhya, their evening rituals. The following day the Kapalika waited for the disciples to leave and then approached Adi Shankara to escort him to the place of sacrifice. Adi Shankara followed him quietly. He then sat down, said his final prayers, nodded his ascent at the Kapalika to proceed with the sacrifice and entered into a state of samadhi. The Kapalika started the sacrificial fire and starting chanting the mantras to invoke and appease Lord Bhairava. As this was happening, Padmapada started feeling very uneasy. Something was amiss. He started seeing terrible omens. Something was clearly wrong. His thoughts went to his master, who was alone in the hut. Divine imagery sprung up in his inner vision. He clearly saw what was happening and intuitively understood the nefarious designs of the Kapalika. He immediately leapt out of the river and, guided by the inner vision, ran towards the Kapalika's place of sacrifice to save his master. In the meantime, the Kapalika had finished his intonations, successfully invoked Lord Bhairava and was now ready to perform the sacrifice. Anoning Adi Shankara with vermilion, he intoned the final chants and raised the sword to sever Adi Shankara's head. At that moment, Padmapada barged into his place and, seeing the raised sword, earnestly called upon his favorite Lord Narsama to save his master. Lord Narsama entered Padmapada's body in a flash, and a loud and terrible scream emanated from his lips. The Kapalika shivered at the sight of the transformed Padmapada, terrified by his all-consuming frenzy and wrath. Padmapada screamed and roared as he attacked the Kapalika, grabbed and threw his sword away, ripped him apart with his bare hands and let out a terrible roar of triumph. Directed by the ensuing pandemonium, the rest of Adi Shankara's disciples rushed to the Kapalika's place and witnessed the ghastly mayhem. They trembled at the sight of the ferocious form of Padmapada amidst the gruesome remains of the Kapalika. His fury unabated, Padmapada roared in a fit of monstrous anger and rage. The ensuing chaos brought Adi Shankara out of his state of samadhi. Looking at Padmapada, he surmised what had happened. He walked up to Padmapada and bowed down to Lord Narsama, in Padmapada, for his merciful appearance. Overflowing with devotion, Adi Shankara composed and sang an extempore chant, audio below, lyrics and meaning, in praise of Lord Narsama. Listening to the devotional song of Adi Shankara appeased Lord Narsama, who blessed them all and left Padmapada. Lord Narsama fulfilled his promise to Vishnu Sharma. Thus, life came full circle for Vishnu Sharma, aka Sanananda aka Padmapada. From looking for Lord Narsama everywhere to finding Lord Narsama within him. The brute first became the seeker and then the divine beast.